Hey everyone, welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. I have all my senses today, Rob. <laughs> That's good. At least I think that I... probably means that you don't have COVID. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> At least I think I have all my senses, and I do have a large Red Bull today. It's, uh, of course, it's early yes. in the morning. It, this is breakfast, so <laughs> breakfast of champions. There you go, Todd. <laughs> horrible, yes. absolutely horrible breakfast. But anyway, you know, uh, wow. So it's been forever since we were on together. <laughs> I know, boy. But I did have, so we don't forget, I have three topics. We have the Adam Curry interview. We've got yep. the podcast awards. We've got something, an article that we've been uh, basically, you know, every once in a while someone drags us in to a discussion. Uh, and uh, I want to make sure that we, uh, we cover it. It's about uh, ad tech. So I want to save that for later because yeah, we've talked about ad tech a lot. Well, some article mentioned us that I didn't see. They didn't mention us, but you know, Rob, your your coworker, oh. um, mentioned it. <laughs> Rob, Rob's not a controversial figure at all. And um, <laughs> and I posted on our tweet. Just I don't want to start the conversation now, but on new media show, I said, I think you'll find that at Libsyn and at Blueberry are very pro listener privacy. Why right. has at geek news and at podcast for 11 been speaking out since like forever on ad tech attribution, et cetera. It's a serious right. issue. Podcasting for Robin Todd is the last bastion of privacy. So anyway, that, that was my tweet back, but we, we, we can talk about it here a little bit later, but let's okay. talk about the, Adam Curry interview. What did you listen to it? Yeah, I did. I tried to catch up with it. Um, listen to most of it uh, earlier this morning, so was trying to get prepped. I figured he probably mentioned stuff that we might we might want to talk about a little bit more. But um, I mean, it was uh, the conversation was really what I thought it would be. I mean, he was talking about his open directory project, which um, is about trying to preserve the the integrity and the original intent of uh why podcasting started to begin with right and that's yeah. uh an open medium speaking uh, and trying to maintain that yep speaking of which tomorrow is my 16th right. anniversary in podcasting Congratulations, so John. uh yeah so we haven't been around very long but we've been around no a we long. haven't <laughs> no. we don't have any gray hair or lost hair along a lost path. hair so let's going back to that. He, you know, Adam is, man, I tell you, it's, uh, when you interview him, you have to, you really got to be dialed in and listening. And thing is, here's the key. If you don't listen to Adam a lot in this specific topic, some people probably were going to get lost in that conversation. So I was really trying to drag him back as much as I could. And, and, you know, as much as you can control Adam on a conversation to try to control him on a conversation and, and keep the, to keep right. the, the topic focus. So people would under, cause he goes right in deep and most people hell well, they're what the hell is he talking about? They have no context. So I kept trying to bring context back to the conversation with him. And um, you will follow that conversation 
fine. But if someone that is new in podcasting listens to that conversation, they're going to say, what the hell are they talking about? You know, and uh, so I really, really tried hard to bring him back, bringing him back to, you know, why is this important and why, why is this, you know, what you're doing is needed. And I think really my ultimate takeaway from this too is he is thinking much bigger. This is phase one is getting the index. Uh, I've had responses already from the PodFriend folks that built that new tool for PodFriend off of his index directory, which is a PWA that's, you know, it reminds me here we are in 2005 of innovation again. And, and maybe not innovation. This is a, 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 a kind of a cool tool. I don't know. Maybe we'll show it on the website here in a minute. But I, I think that the the takeaway from me was is that we now have developer, some developer excitement in this. And this is big because you and well, I certainly can be. Certainly can be. Right. You and I have pounded our heads against the wall wanting certain things and largely meet resistance. Or, yeah, we're going to do this and nothing happened. So, just like this Podfriend guy said, thanks for the kind words about Podfriend on the show. The website head bug has been fixed. Also, when Podfriend's a bit further ahead and developed, let's make those three tags happen. So, Here's a guy that understand, and, and I replied back, those three tags I talked about, we, we don't need the app developers to do them. We just need them to start getting adopted by their podcast host. And if we can push this ahead with his agenda, and what was I talking about? Closed caption tag, the transcript tag, you know. And over time, what the app developers will do is they'll slowly start to adopt, adopt. those tags. Yeah. and. Hopefully that'll, that'll push this forward. But, you know, you look at the tags that Blueberry's had for years. Right. And one of the guys sent me a private note. He said, those are fantastic. How come they've never been adopted? I said, it's because Blueberry <laughs> put those tags on the marketplace. And because everyone is so worried about their sandboxes. No one else adopted right. them. So, so we're, we're going to adopt them. I'm like, oh my God. You know, it's like a fell over because this is the first time someone has talked about even using those tags. And I would be happy to convert those tags to podcast index tags. You know, it's whatever we want to do because no, no one else has adopted the doggone thing. So, and for those of you that don't understand tags, tags is just basically an extension of RSS that gives us metadata, tells us something. Well, you know, Todd, I mean, what we may be seeing here is the beginnings of a more of a, a uh, more of a new technical organization podcast, you know, maybe the, and I've been pushing for this at the podcast academy, um, but maybe it needs to live outside of podcast academy. Um, and if Adam is willing to take that charge on, um, to be that, that funnel, uh, organization or that funnel entity that take these ideas and build them into a new namespace spec or something like that. I, you know, think that may be a good path to go. You know, Adam's 56. I'm 56. I'm not in any time thinking about retiring. 
but no, I'm not either. But so. some people, Adam is like looking, you know, what's my exit strategy 10 years from now? And Adam's uh, source of income right now is his show. He doesn't do a show. He doesn't have a source of income. So, yeah, he'll get Social Security and whatever investments he's had if he's lucky enough to make investments. But he's had, you know, a couple of divorces. So, you know, that, that doesn't ever end well financially. So I think, and, and I'm not, and they've formed a company and I am not against any organization making money. And I think if it's structured and I think they've structured it correctly to, if we need, first of all, he says, we got to pay for the servers now. We just got to keep, you know, we got seven boxes running. We need enough money just to keep the, you know, to keep the servers running. Because contrary to what people think, it does cost money to run stuff. It does. <laughs> you know, you know, something may be free, but there, there's something that's, you know, there's a bill associated with anything right. that you go to online and running these index pieces. Are, I understand it. You know, we run our own. We understand. I, I got 30 or 40 servers running, you know, right. so people tell me you got 30 or 40 servers. Yeah, we got 30 or 40 servers running at Blueberry. And uh, it's actually not that much, really. You guys must be pretty efficient. <laughs> well, we're, you know, we run big Amazon instances, you know, right. and that does not come cheap. You know, every time they buy a three-year contract on an Amazon instance, I go, holy, holy crap. What, what, what was that purchase on the credit card? You know, and you're hearing a $20,000 bill go out the window, you know? Yeah, I built <laughs> my own hosting platform for, for streaming and all that stuff back in the early days. And I, I, I had four co-located. I was just taking care of a handful of shows, I yeah. guess, you know. Yeah. So, it's, so, it's, so it's great. And thank God we contract the CDN. I, if I had to run that, it, you know, forget it. But anyway, um, I think really here, the gist of this is Adam, like you and I, are worried about the indie podcasters and their ability to make money. He gave me, did you follow what he was saying about a million listener hours and so much 1% of donations off those million of listening hours equals this much money. Mm -hmm. Did you follow that? And I, and I was kind of like, Oh, so a lot of the Bitcoin type folks are, are hitting him up and he says he's inundated and you know, he's, he's all trying to make sense of it, but you know, here's okay. Oh, I'm just going to say this. Fuck the man. We we can do this, Rob. Adam can do this. If we can't get paid, if we can't get paid from advertisers and we in Spotify is not going to give us a penny for having our content on their website, then we, the content creators, if you're not advertising your show, that's fine. But and if you are, it's fine. But we, we as a community need to figure out how to make independent podcast creators whole, how to make them money. And I, I attributed to basically get, take mama to dinner money, take mm-hmm. car payment money. How, and Adam is like, no, 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 we're going to go bigger than that. And I'm cool. Well, let's start small. Let's get, right. let's get podcasters, take mama to dinner or take the partner to dinner money. And if you don't have a partner, right. please don't take that the wrong way. Take yourself to dinner. Um, 
and then let's get you then let's get your car payment money. Let's get you five hundred bucks a month in your pocket to pay your car payment. Mm-hmm. You know, and then let's get your house payment. Right. So I, I, he's got some ideas. I'm excited, and it may you know what may turn into nothing. Yeah, I mean it's there's there's market forces in play um, that could put a put a pause in this, but I think if we can coalesce or collate the the community as much as possible, there's power in numbers. Right? Yes, and and I think that's the key to making anything like this work is trying to pull together um, as many podcast creators into this um because th- there is power in, in in numbers and and if you know like we've been saying for years there's not a lot of duplicated audience across podcasts i mean they may have small audiences but when you sum it all up there's a lot of people listening to independent podcasts so and it may not necessarily entirely this isn't always 100 percent about just the podcast too i mean the methodologies that we're talking about apply to any podcast. True. True. So, you know, it, you know, it isn't hundred percent us against them. Right. Um, but it is I a lot. It, yeah. So. I mean, to some degree it is, uh, and that's the competitive market, right? In independent creators created this medium really at the end of the day. Um, that's who it is. And it's up to us to turn it into a medium that works for us. And, but that's going to take us working together to that's right. answer some of these questions. So I, I think too, you know, I, I've done yeoman's work and for years and trying to get advertisers to recognize the smaller show and they just, right. they just won't. And it really, at this point, pisses me off. You well, know, what that, will, God, is that, you know, it's all about asking the right question. What will get cut? And maybe uh, it's not through the old traditional models that we've seen. Um, maybe that there's a new model that needs to be come up with here. Right. So Adam has mastered the, you know, value for value. You like the program, you send us a few bucks. And they send him big bucks. And he's able to live and pay his bills. And they do very well on that show. And it goes up and down, but it's not ever guaranteed. But it's based upon doing another episode. Well, I would love it if Adam would do a couple of webinars on his system, right? You just have to work. You just have to listen to the show. Well, yeah, but I'm sure that there's uh, tips that he can give on what he's seeing in the numbers yeah. that can give you a clue on what's working and what isn't working. Um, but it would be awesome to share that community because I do agree. I think he is kind of living at the cutting edge of that value for value uh, relationship. And we've been talking about this for years yeah. about um, building on the value of the audience um, and not, not from a traditional advertising perspective because in a lot of ways, advertising broke um it doesn't work as well now granted 
And podcasting is a little bit of an example of that. You think about the advertising that does work best in podcasting. It's the testimonials. It's the, it's the trusted connection right. between host, product, and the audience. You can have those three prongs connected at a trust level. Um, then it all works which is a different model than traditional advertising has been built on. Traditional advertising is built on driving a fear reaction, driving some sort of a deception, right? It, it, it hasn't always been, you know, I'm a, I was trained a, a marketer, I went to college, I spent my whole career working in marketing, and I, I, I think that's the biggest we've seen with the internet is that we've, we're getting closer and closer to the needs of the, the audience product right so we're getting direct feedback getting direct understanding of the product but for the whole thing to work there has to be trust and that's the power of this medium and i also believe that's key to what adam is doing adam is building trust relationships with his audience so going and back and so going back to models you know i i look at youtube mm-hmm. we do youtube live we got eight people watching on YouTube live right now. We've got six or seven people watching on Facebook live. There is a method in YouTube. If you are of a certain level, if you have become privileged on YouTube, that when you're live, they can donate to your show. They can, they can donate right when you're live. They can send you a cash donation. Facebook doesn't allow anyone to send us a cash donation donation right you know while we're doing this so the thought process continues to move along and adam's thinking is okay todd and rob says something profound someone says oh man that that's that's change that's life-changing for me that that's worth 20 bucks and they can easily send me send you and i 20 bucks for that thought moment and if we had it happen to one person, it could have happened to a hundred or 200. But today there is no easy way in any app. You're all listening. You all know that we've got a PayPal address at, at newmediashow.com. But that requires effort. You had this fleeting moment that said, wow, that was, that was freaking valuable. Let me give Todd and Rob $25. If they could do it right there, boom, then that changes the, the dynamic of engaged support by an audience. But it, if you force them to have to go over to newmediashow.com, find a PayPal link, click on it, and if they're on their mobile, in their car, it's not going to happen. So right. we just need to, and it, this is the type of things he's talking about in talking to Stripe and other folks trying to figure out a way to help podcasters earn money on their shows. And maybe it goes into a collective. Who knows? There's all kinds of models. Well, in, in something as simple as, you know, you donate to the show, you get access to a, a marketplace of uh, discounts on product services that are targeted to that particular, um, you know, listener audience right um maybe to this show uh, if a person donates to us maybe they that donated uh that person that donates gets access to a 
a page that gives them access to getting 50% off of hosting or or off of uh, microphones or 30% Some, off microphones right. or something. You know, that that's part of what we're saying about the value, value but it's also um, value on the content too, right? Well, so, yeah. Yeah. So now, Adam doesn't do, tr Adam gives you a title. Right. You know, it's, you, you don't, you don't no get, a, <laughs> you, you get, you don't get a product, but you, you be, if you know, you give a thousand dollars a show, you become a knight, you know, a knight so, of the no agenda round table. Right. So maybe there's some new models here that we need to explore, um, that, uh, maybe are hybrids of everything that, that, that we have today, but not, maybe not, um, push this industry, which I think to some degree is happening today, down the models of the old model, because that's what the buyers understand, right? Um, and, and and though I think that the buyers are starting to evolve, but I don't think they're they're being given other options either. Yeah. So, you know, I think pulling together an organization like what Adam is trying to do may be good. You know, maybe there can be a funnel of new advertising models or advertising relationships or, um, different types of ways we can, we can present, um, supporters of our program to drive value to the, the listener, the advertiser. Um, you know, it, there must be something else that we can do. We don't have to keep living in the, the advertising world of the, of the nineties. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, oh, this guy that, uh, um, I'm getting some tweets right now. Are you now? So this, this guy that's high five RPG is apparently he's part of the sound, uh, founder sound profitable, part of the pod news network. So who has lots of opinions on podcast ad tech? He said in my response, I invite at geek news and podcast four one one who blocked me to collaborate on privacy solutions for all listeners. If you run a major podcasting company and you're proud, about speaking about privacy, you're not doing enough. Well, hey, this guy is clueless. Speak less, do more. You have to do both. I'm going to say, I understand why Rob blocked you. We live this every day. Who does, who does this guy think he is? Making accusations. Making statements. So what's the full context of what he's saying here? <sighs> oh, I'm not being nice. He said, speak less, do more about listener privacy. So, so what does he think we should do? Do more, more of, do more, do, do more of we, what? That's it. We, we have to do more. Do you think I'm going to call up mid roll and say, I'm concerned about uh, you doing again. And I don't know if they're doing this. Doing, I'm concerned about you doing attribution and you should stop. Do you think that's going to work? No. Do more. We're doing more. We, we, we do for our companies and we do for our listeners. 
what we feel is important on listener privacy. My God. <laughs> this guy. Oh, okay. okay, I see his post here. He's talking specifically to Rubble. And me. And Okay. Yeah. So talking free- about it isn't, isn't good enough. What does he expect us to, to, to do? All, all we can do is try and convince the community to not embrace it. So, you know, it, it also, you know, I see individuals in this space right now who are trying to force their way. They're trying to invade and push into the space and try to exert will. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic especially seeing who some of these individuals are associated with. Everyone has agendas, ladies and gentlemen. My agenda is to get you to use Blueberry Podcasting. Rob's agenda is to get you to use Libsyn. But at the same time, we're both podcasters. I think that's what makes us different. Yeah. Well, we're, we've been in this medium for a long time and have seen it's up downs and it's roundabout the people coming in and out of it trying to take advantage of it not looking out for the community yeah um we've we've just seen it um and we recognize it when it happens because we've seen it so many times so i got distracted but going back to adam's whole discussion and what they're doing with the index i think that um you know if it, it, it be a fly in the wall Get on their Mastodon chat server and go in there and just kind of read. They've got stuff going on in GitHub too. So if you're a dev, you kind of know where to find that. If you're an app developer, if you're a Marco, if you are a Pocket Cast developer, or, you know, some of you know these developers. Some of you that listen to this show are friends of people that develop podcasting apps. Uh, Rob and I, we, we do our best to reach out to people and try to get them engaged. But if, if you, and, and I don't care if you run a major company, I, I implore upon you, please reach out to your contacts with people that you know in this space, especially on the developer side. We can make some stuff happen here. And I, again, no agenda on my part, but just trying to advance the space. And the, the, the major constraint on any initiative that we've ever tried to push forward in the podcasting space is we've never been able to get the app developer community in the make podcast app on the same page or co- coalesced to do something. So does it happen? No. So th- if they want to help, see, app developers, as we learned from the discussion with Pocket Cast, Rob, they serve listeners. They don't serve podcasts. Right. So as Adam said, we have to figure out a way to incentivize the app developers mm-hmm. in order for them to make some money on the backside not against the listeners, but
and by helping the podcasters. And as a base, we all rise together. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, if, if the podcasters are better equipped, um, then there's a better likelihood that those listening platforms, listeners are going to benefit from that too. So there is a beneficial relationship. Yeah. That sometimes I think commercial interests sometimes go sideways um, on on understanding what's good for the listener. Right. Um, and I think that's where we've run into the the issues is that the app developers haven't wanted to to support capabilities that is violating privacy of the listener or right, right. you know taking advantage of the of, of the listener for commercial interest purposes. And I think that's that's where most friction has been over the years so um that's not to say that there aren't other areas that collaboration have to enhance the the listener experience so mike in the chat room says please 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 define a podcasting app spotify stitcher TuneIn, iheart deezer pandora are not podcasting apps. they are podcast listening platforms right and they are never going to d- adopt any of this stuff that we're talking about, they will never do it. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, Deezer, Pandora will not. They're not. This is not. We're talking to the Pocket Cast. Talking to. Well, let Overcast, me let, talk to, let yeah. me go over and give you some just a few. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, if we find that what we're doing uh, with the the the, the more or the smaller list platform is actually pretty compelling. We may see the other right. platform adopt it, but it won't be, they won't adopt it unless there's some sort of a commercial benefit to them. So here's just a few podcast addict, podcast Republic, simple podcatcher, podcatcher deluxe, video podcasters, like beyond pod, pod kicker, podcast up by player FM, pocket cast, pod cat with a K audiobook, podcast player, lucid pod, Castbox, Wecast, Podcast Player. That's just a few. Yeah, there's probably a hundred of them out there. And again, if we get, if we make it, app. We've asked Apple. They're listening. We've asked Apple. You know, they for whatever political reason or dev reason, who knows? They're not going to do it at this. point. So well, though, though we have heard directly from people over there that um, it's not like they're going to be against making tag changes. I think that they would be willing to support it. I think if it made sense for them. So, you know, I think this concept that we started out with the the you know trying to get the industry to coalesce ideas together and then feed those ideas to these big platforms um, is versus the big platforms telling you know, us saying that, well, we're going to change our namespace. Everybody has to stop. Right. Type of an approach, taking a little more proactive approach here. Yep. Yeah. I, I just, at this point, I think that, um, you're right. It, it's, it's, if we can push it that way versus being forced upon us. And I, and at this point, I don't even want to say forced upon us because I've already asked for some of this stuff. Yeah. 
And there's probably a hundred other things out there that people want to do too. So do you think that this is part of Adam's bigger agenda is to pull this together? I think he wants to advance the space. As he says, it's podcasting 2.0. As we had an RSS 2.0, it's time for a podcasting 2.0. And if that RSS 2.0 doesn't, isn't going to change, but within the confines of RSS that we have today, we can do a lot without breaking, you know, feedvalidator.org. I don't know if that site's back online. It's been off for a while. You know, we run a feed validator. There's one other major feed validator. Ours is castfeedvalidator.com. Um, well, Todd, maybe we need to come up with a new um, podcast names. Not a e- iTunes. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Google. It's, I mean, just I come think, up with a podcast. Absolutely. And I think that's right. what's being worked on by the podcast in doc folks with Adam and his team that, that you know, cause we're already talking about it. So we just, you know, we, we gave, they looked at our namespace spec. The team over there's already looked at it and I'm, I'm hoping it all gets incorporated into podcast it could be podcast it could say podcast index it could say podcast you know i'd prefer to say podcast because it would just take ownership of it right and then then maybe apple um i I don't know who's going to give on this but maybe that namespace embraces the apple namespace inside of it well make sure that those tags are in there right right and if they and if they choose to adopt tags great if they don't but I think the advantage here is, so Rob, let's say some app, let's, let's say they got a Instapay type of tag put in place, that there's some sort of function that happens when, let's say it's a universal, universal payment system. You register with podcastindex.org, your, all your financial information, and then uh, listeners only have to enter their, their credit card information one time for all shows. And then anytime you're on a, you're listening to a new media show on a specific app and it says donate, that transaction happens. They pick a number, five bucks, whatever, 10, 15, what, or other amount and hit send. And then just as, and again, I'm just talking off the top of my head. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. Let's say Podcast Indoor says, okay, we're going to take 10% of that for processing fees and we're going to give 90% back to the individual podcaster. And that transaction happens seamlessly. If if some app implemented that, what app do we promote on this show? We promote that app. Listen to this show on that app. Right, right. And while you're listening, you can donate to the show. Right. Now, we might get some folks that are listening on Apple Podcasts to say, man, I'd like to donate to this show. The only way I can do it easily is do it over on this app. Let's go. Let me try this app that Todd and Robert talking about. Right. This is, this is about us taking back control of the space. Right. And then who knows? Apple may support that. Tech right. At some point because it's beneficial to them to do so. Yeah. People so, from not, not going listening over here, keep listening over on the Apple app. 
So I, I, I can only sit here and advocate. I'm not a developer. I'm just an ideas guy. Rob, you're an ideas guy. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I don't know how to re, write a single line of code. I can read an RSS file. You know, I can use tech. But yeah, I've, I've broken my fair share of RSS feeds about you. <laughs> so, you know, I guess this is where we're at with this. So, you know, we kind of killed a dead horse. Right. But podcastindex.org, go over there. If you're a dev, get involved, please. If you know a dev, tell them to get involved. And maybe a year from now, we'll have something to show for this. So, and, and donate. What is. What is the process? Does Adam have a process for people to kind of put their name in the the hat on this project or get involved or to contribute somehow? It's all on podcastindex.org on how to get involved. And, uh, you know, it's dev-centric right now for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, here's the bigger it gets, though, the more it's, you know, Trying because everybody comes in with a whack idea, mm-hmm. trying to reinvent the whole space. No, we're not doing anything. We're we're staying in the confines of RSS. We're not nothing's this initiative. Their initiative is building within that constraint. Yeah, at least I hope it is, <laughs> and not going off and doing some weird, weird implementation that no one will ever implement. Hey, maybe don't want to implement it anyway. <laughs> it's speculation on our part at this point. So, uh, hey, I just want to let, every, as we transition here, I just want to let you know we appreciate you. If you're a listener of this audience, we definitely appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for staying subscribed. Thank you for listening to Rob and I's rants. And please, if you're not subscribed, subscribe and tell other podcasters about this. I don't think, hey, let's be, I'm going to be a little bit uh, biased here. I don't think anyone else does a better podcasting show than us. I'll say our show's even better than the feed. (laughs) You are brazen. uh, Yes, I am. Wow. Okay. Well, I think there's a big difference show that we compared to everybody else. And and that's done and been done for many years. Um, we don't prep for the show. We just get up and we talk about whatever. And if it gets us into trouble, we, we deal with it. That's right. right. Um, but I think a lot of people understand why we do this. Um, and believe me, we're, 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 we don't have an overinflated ourselves here. I mean, we, there's, there is definitely, um, many other people on this many. that, that have as viable of ideas and and um skills as we have so, we are not believe me. we are not right. dictators or we are not the are the messiahs of, we're just right. two dudes right so <laughs> two dudes that love podcasting we just want to throw some ideas out for for people to think a right. little differently about things and not get caught up so much in the in the latest <clears throat> swirl storm in the medium <laughs> right around monetization and commercialism right. which tends to drive people in direct that is not necessarily always good for the medium yep. i mean it may seem like it's good for the medium um but given our history 
we've seen things come and go over the years, but at the end of the day, it's the independent podcast. What is the root of this medium? And we want to keep it that way. Yeah. And I think too, is that, um, yes, we have some strong opinions and, you know, even during the interview with Adam, I said, listen, uh, you know, Blueberry has a directory. We have an API, but I'm a commercial entity. And my insurance policy is part of the reasoning I put the system. I didn't build it necessarily for totally for an insurance policy. I bought it for the day that Apple shut off the API. And I would say, hey, (laughs) look over here, (laughs) you know, and um, and guess what? Um, Adam built a non-commercial one. (laughs) Right. So, well, uh, if you look at other other media types out there, there hasn't been a culture of protecting the integrity of the medium. Um, no, and I think that's what's different about podcasting. I think that that's what Adam is really tapping into here is the culture of why this medium exists to begin with. Yep. And I know we've talked about it many times on this show, um, and I, I think there's a lot of. People out there are a lot of new people to the medium that don't really understand why we positions that we take because I, I think the general thought is is that progress correlates uh, money and and c- commercializing right because that's what we've seen with all the other media right the music TV and movies and social media is that that's been what everybody focuses um, but podcasting doesn't have to follow that. Think we have an opportunity to do something unique here. I think as long as I breathe, I'm right. going to fight for the continued openness of the space. And, right. and, um, yeah, we love those commercial entities, though. I love having yeah, my show everywhere. Fine. They're, they're welcome yeah, to be here. Absolutely. But for people in this medium to think that that's what it's all about is they, I mean, it's not what it's all about. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about appreciating your audience. Mm-hmm. And it kind of relates to the podcast award. Yep. Talk a little bit about the last uh, show, but we had a great award ceremony. I mean, it was pretty incredible when the, when we have, as Mike Dell told me, he says, I looked through that list and he said, I only saw one show that I knew. And he says, and that's a good thing. And, uh, but I think what we, and I listened to some of these winning shows because, again, I hadn't heard them either. But I think the thing that struck me the most and really makes me the most proud is that the Adam Craig People's Choice Podcast Award went to a podcast that is immensely popular. I had no clue. Um, how did I get here with Jay of Day Six? And um, I listened to the podcast and it, uh, really kind of blew me away and it definitely shows number one, uh, diversity in this space. Whoops here. Let me show it up. Diversity in the space and, uh, cool hip vibe. Um, dive studios did very well. I think they won three categories plus podcast people's choice. So, uh, these folks did really, really, really good. And, um, I, I just, I, again, the caliber of, of content, um, 
And it's kind of funny because the um, up to this point, the sports category, the fantasy footballers have dominated people's choice for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, but there was two shows from Dive Studios that made it into actually maybe even three. Let me go down and double check. Uh, no, only two that made it from Dive Studios. But um, I think we had and the the uh, acceptance speeches were fantastic and on point. And, um, but we are going to retire the government organizations categories last year. We didn't have enough shows participate to even fill the category. So I'm taking input on a new category for next year. But um, yeah, it, it was, yeah, I think it was a good I event. There's as many government podcasts, right? I think a lot of them have been shut down. Yeah. But did have a little bit of technical difficulty right at the beginning of the award ceremony. I, I had forgotten a couple of things about wiring the studio up. And you want to see the, here's the thing to save my ass, bro. <laughs> and what really? I'm showing is a, a double-ended male mini jack cable. Mini, mini jack, that's what I was noticing. This saved the evening. <laughs> because... I was uh, on the International Podcast Day. I got everything all set up, and I'm you know, getting ready to stream, and we flipped the switch, and Dave comes back because I can't hear no audio oh. over on your National Podcast Day. So when you and I are talking, no problem. It goes through the audio system, and it feeds the machine I was using for StreamYard. It was all good. But I forgot when I do a playback of a, pre-recorded audio program Oh, off of your laptop uh, off of or? the tricaster it's got this right. place to play the you know to play uh, right. uh i forgot that doesn't get routed into the so i was left here dumbfounded now in retrospective all i would have had to have done because you when you're in a panic you forget right it, all i would have had to do is uh, new tech is this cool thing called ndi audio <laughs> and i could have just reached over here and and really, in 30 seconds, change the audio input to this computer, and I would have been done. <laughs> but in your panic, you're like, what do you do? You know, here's this professional podcaster that's looking like a jerk off because there's no audio and he can't figure it out. And I was, I was probably cussing a little bit. So I tried one thing that didn't work. And then I jumped up. Fate, sometimes fate. I went over to my room where I, and of course I have the, all these nice organized boxes now. And I've got a box that says mini Jack. I put the box out, you know, I crash stuff around it because there was stuff in the way and I popped the lid open and laying right on top. <laughs> was this mini was Jack that? cable? I came over here, plugged Just there to rescue you. Right. If it had not been there <laughs> and I plugged it in and boom, we we're good on international podcast. day. some, you know, I'm, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm good. I'm wired. I'm dialed in. No sweat. I'm ready for the podcast awards. So we transitioned, got everything ready for the podcast awards. And then I started the live stream. Well, <laughs> I forgot that the cable, I can talk and they can talk to me on StreamYard while over here. But you best not do that 
with two things going on because you formed a loom back, loop back loop. Oh, no. And I, I, I heard it as like, I think I got a problem. And then about a second later, I think I got a problem. I think I got a problem. And, and it's, you know, it, and it builds upon itself. Right. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And, you know, in the, in the, the video is running for the podcast awards. And I'm like, and I'm just, my eyes are about as big as saucers and the YouTube comments. Oh, this is off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> I reached over and unplugged and we were good. And I, <sighs> Hey, I'm a podcast professional. I don't need to practice. Right. Don't need to do dry runs. Don't need to test anything. <laughs> You got too too used to winging it. <laughs> got too many things going on there. Too because I'm streaming to five locations. I'm on Streamyard, right. yeah. and thank God for this cable. So now I've made notes because <laughs> I reload every year. I reload a document, and I've got notes, and it basically says at the very top, and 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 it says, "Hey, beep, don't forget." Todd, do you sometimes regret having a a, a TriCaster set up because of the complexity of it? No, not at all. No? No. It actually allows, and the thing is, again, if I had would have had my wits about me, right. instead of being pulled into panic mode, I all I had to do is, I literally, like, three keystrokes on this laptop, and we'd have been good all night. But in your panic gear, you're going into vapor lock, right? <laughs> and so and I did have to laugh because someone during the award ceremony said, well, this is what happens when you do virtual. And I'm thinking to myself, I've been doing virtual for a while. <laughs> I should have known better. Oh, so anyway, it, it continued. It went off. We did good. And, you know, everything was fine. But boy, oh boy. But there is a, a lot of people that don't know about Trike. Yeah, because I I mention it to people and say you know well, Todd's got a TriCaster set up and they go what's that right <laughs> so TriCaster's really fallen off of the radar of perception about how to do online well because video stuff. because when I invested in TriCaster you couldn't do everything you can do now you know right. so like a lot the of the stuff and yeah Zoom and all, all this other stuff yeah kind of replicate what sure the TriCaster absolutely. It can't do everything it can do, but there are other software programs out there. OBS, that's right. what all the Twitch folks use. It's fantastic. Wirecast. Yeah, Wirecast. So if you ever yeah. do buy Wirecast, I got a, a, uh, I'm an affiliate for them, so just mm -hmm. let me know. I'll send you a link. <laughs> I mean, because most, most podcasters don't do nope. multi-camera nope. shoot, nope. right? So it's, it's like my setup here. I'm probably more of a traditional setup for yeah. a podcast with one camera and just funneling it into a video capture card. And, but and for just a, a little bit more money, Rob, you could have a couple of cameras set up and right. you could have, uh, you can use like I do, you can use Wowza to be able to do the multicasting. That doesn't happen with the TriCaster. I send a single stream to YouTube and a single stream to Wowza. Then Wowza sends it to five other locations and Ustream is, uh, YouTube, it's on its own uh stream right. so it, it sends two streams out you gotta have the bandwidth to do it and you know believe me you know i don't 
here's the dumb thing. This thing will do so much. I could have, I could have a function where I could just do like this and it would switch. There's macros built into this system. I've never, I so under, I so underutilize. Oh, I know you do. The power I mean, you of this thing. You barely do any, oh. any switches. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. It's, it's, so, you know, yeah. woo, then, there's a switch. Woo. Woohoo. You know, I mean, and your setup is, is the kind of thing that you you're out. seeing like, uh, NBC news. Right. Use right. To do their, their live network. That's how powerful that unit that you have is. But what's also cool is that I can be on the other, these two rooms that are next to me. Right. The green, the green screen room and the demo room. And mm -hmm. I can pipe in a two camera. Well, I do in the demo room, I got two cameras. And then I can basically just get everything up and running. And I can go over there and have a laptop and actually, mm -hmm. or, a, or an iPad and actually do the switching between the two camera views and be wired in and, do the same thing in the other room and i do so the green screen room is the same way it's a single camera shot for the green screen room but i can put myself in a virtual environment and um you know that's that's that room needs to be a little bit bigger to do things i wanted to do but that's i'm just constrained constrained by space but um yeah it's it's pretty remarkable to be honest with you what what is possible and how i and just don't have time to maybe one of the days I'll do the show from the other room, you know? Right. If you can get your camera back far enough, um, from you and a lot of people do their shows in bedroom, which are pretty fine spaces. Right. Uh, if you can get the camera back further, you can, you know, you can stand up yeah. in front of camera versus sitting down in front of a monitor or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, which kind of creates an opportunity, maybe paint a wall behind your green, right? You can create this, this very interesting kind of full view presentation opportunity. You know, this is something I, I've talked to Dan Frank about a little bit too, as he thinks about his keynote for podcast movement virtual is like, I mean, if you think about, you know, and I don't know, maybe we've talked about this on the show before, but if you think about what typically does at his event for his keynote, right. They're up on the stage. Yep. They got that big backdrop behind them that looked really cool. And, and there's no reason why they can't duplicate that in the virtual um, it's just having their have space that they can, they can do a green screen where they can stand up in front of a podium or whatever. It can be the same type of experience. So, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about that kind of stuff too. Is it, is there a need for that? As you look at these virtual events, um, to present a better experience versus what we've been primarily with people like what we're doing right yeah. here, sitting behind big mics and. And with very small rooms and things like that, and not creating that kind of visual experience, which is what people are accustomed to at the, at the in-person event. So I don't, you know, the, my demo room is built exactly for that, to be able to stand up. Yeah. And I figured that that, that yeah. room, it's off your left, right? It's to my left. That's yeah. Left. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it's basically, for those of you that want to see what I see, let me show you see if I can bring this up bigger. Do you have a camera in there all, all the time that's all set up? It is set now? up and ready to go. So this is what the, for those of you that are watching, this is what it looks like in the other, the other room. That's the actual, right. that's a mock-up of it. Let me see if I can find a, yeah, here's what that room looks like for real. 
Right. So how far back can you actually get the video? I got that? the, I have the camera, like there's a TV. Cause I have to be able to see the, it's, it's just like hearing you have to see yourself on the monitor. So right. the, the monitor is mounted to the wall. And then right. the camera is, I mean, butted really right up against the screen. So I think my distance between the camera and wh where that table is, is about eight feet. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's actually fairly close. Yeah. So I can see now if in the shot, if you're, if those of you are watching those, the view you can see is you can obviously see the front of the table and you can see half right. uh, or the first set of, um, audio boards you can see those first two uh audio boards you can't see i know the second two you can't see the first two and then the green screen room actually here is here's the other view rob of what the demo room actually is this a demo no this is the green screen room that's how the that's, green screen room looks yeah that looks back at the, at camera. the camera yeah and actually right. there's an actual tv behind that camera now uh, i ought to update some pictures here but this is what it looks like. This is what I look like. This is what I see right now. Right. When we're on. So, um, what? Let me see if I can find the green screen room and what it. Oh, because I'm actually, I'm actually about three and a half feet away from Mike. Right. Actually, I had that. But there's um, there's but, a product shot camera you can see. That sits there. So those of you that are listening, oh yeah, here's an updated picture. Here's the the monitor now that's in the green screen room. And actually, this is the reason I had to put the monitor there was for the key to be able to key the room. Right. Yeah, because you actually painted that room. Green. No, 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 no. Th those no, are those actual. Are those are audio panels from Audimute.com. Oh. Okay. And we were worried about the seam because those panels were not. But the seam is not even seen. We were worried about the seam having a oh, king issue. Oh, because of the slight shade. Well, yeah. And where those two, where they meet, you know, there's this line. Right. And we were, but, but uh, it did not end up being an, an issue. So, yeah. So the. I guess it wouldn't, wouldn't as long as you properly lit it. So right. what you see there is the box. This box, you look where I am, the box is right there. I can see this box from where I sit. And that's got the TriCaster in it and the router and, you know, the power supply and all that stuff. And, and for those that are listening to this, I know we're not helping out very much. Right. <laughs> You'll have to go watch the video. Yeah, watch the video. Yeah. And this is my favorite spot. This is the edit room. This is where I can, this is where I do the editing. And there's another TriCaster in there. So we can, that's my old 850. So I can actually go up and do two different live events at once. So, so are you actually using these rooms much? Yeah. I'm, th right. This this room here, I'm in this room. Well, after, right after the show, I'll be in there for an hour. Uh, gotcha. So, but if we, and then, of course, where I spend the most of my most of my day is this is where I work when I'm here. This is my yeah, that's your office. That's my office. Yeah, right. and it's the front of the building. 
Mm-hmm. So a little bit behind the scenes. Rick says, yeah, the scene could be covered by green screen tape. Yeah, we, we were going to use that if we needed it. Turned out we did not. And by the way, I've got a, a two gallons of a green screen paint in case anybody <laughs> needs any paint. And I, I've also a deal for you. Yeah, right? I've also and it's expensive. 80 bucks a gallon. Also, I've got a, a kitchen in the back. So here you go. Yeah, go back there and microwave so do you some. you have a bed somewhere? Do you have a cot? I, hey, Rob. Now, here was the primary requirement. So let me show you. What do you see in that picture? Uh, yes, couch. A couch. And believe yes. me, yes, indeed, my couches. Uh, that that was, and I had a hard time finding one that would fit. So that's a, um, I don't know if you have a big lot in the area, but that's a $250 big lot couch. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's really comfortable. Hey, um, hey, guess what? When you need a little nap, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I see you have an open 24 hours. So yeah. you're always, Do you know where that came from? To go live Do you know moment, where, right? You know where that came from? When I was doing the 24-hour podcast, that was a sign oh, I that bought. Was a sign from that. But you know what? I could never have it in the in the screenshot. I could never hang it somewhere. I'd have it hanging here, but it's so bright. Yeah. That it blows everything out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're definitely going to have to go watch video. Yeah, I'm right. sorry, everyone. We're talking about it. So we're not being very good audio podcast hosts. No, we're not. So, yeah, go don't, go check out the, if you want to see the studio. And all you have to do to get to these pictures, just a real simple. You go to geeknewscentral.com. Uh, forward slash studio. And then there's a link to the library um, of all the images of the studio. So all you got to do is click on the main image that's, um, that's on the site at geeknewcentral.com forward slash studio. Just click on that and that takes you to the Google photos page with the, with everything that shows the construction of the studio and the layout and, but yes, that's, and you know, be honest with you, this is, uh, you know, my sister hadn't owned this building and being able to, um, you know, pay her rent and being a little, getting a little bit of family discount. Um, it, uh, this would have never happened. So, it, you know, but I, I spent quite a bit of money building this thing. Yeah. But man, looks but, nice. Too. Yeah. I mean, we did a, I don't know why I always, and it was a disclosure, why I always promote audimute.com, A-U-D-I, audimute.com is, uh, you know, we did a collaboration on the soundproofing of this studio. So, uh, you know, if you ever decide you want some audio, you know, these signs that, uh, what, did, what did I show you? The, the signs that, we have like the new media show signs and you, you can probably see here in the studio when I go, let me go to which shot is that in? Uh, where can you see it? Okay. I can see it in this shot. So you see that sign. It's right. yeah, over here. Oh, down there. Right. Yeah. Down there. That's a panel. That's a soundproof panel. Yeah. And, uh, they sell those too. So you just send them your album art and, 
and well, they're they, kind of expensive though i think you'd yeah say they were, that's a hundred bucks or something. oh yeah. no that one's probably that's a that's a big one it's probably 250 but here's the thing um you can if you don't want if mama doesn't want you putting up panels you know okay rob so let me let me look at your background yeah i've got a got a new media show one up there too but that's yeah. that's a 30 dollar. so you know you, you haven't panelized your whole space um no i have not no and most podcasters can't do that you know because it's a room in their home and their significant other is like what are you doing right and uh they it's just like the panels behind me can't get it right that's a you know, that's that green back there is actual an audio panel and it's printed. So it starts out. Uh, let me, I want to show this. And I'm sorry for you, those of you listening. I tried to describe it the best I can. Yeah, I'm but, just using just regular canvas picture frames for my, my panel. So let's see if I can get this to, to go up. This seems to work okay. Oh, I'm on the wrong. That was dumb. So let's go ahead and raise the camera up. You can see how that starts darker, starts dark green. Yeah. Now watch as I go down, see how it, it lightens up. Yeah. So that was by design. Start with a darker green and then go lighter. But it's really about angles here. And my challenge has always been is to be honest with you, if she hadn't, if I could have, if I could have knocked this wall out and moved, think the camera's two feet further out, it'd be a better view. But I'm purely constrained by distance, camera distance. And, you know, the camera here is, I'm, you know, my fingers right now are three inches from the camera lens. Yeah, I'm, I've got long arms too. So and how I'm, close are you to your lens? I'm probably a foot and a half away from my lens. Right See, now. you're, you're farther out. I'm, I'm three yeah. inches away. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about three and a half feet away from. And this view is a little bit better. This camera has a little wider um, right. from that perspective. And this is a view you guys don't see very much because then you can't see Rob. But. Cut out of the picture again. Yes, cut out. But anyway, <laughs> these panels are, you know, the thing that was truly remarkable was, and again, for those of you listening, what I'm showing a picture of here is these panels going up and we had those panels designed and um, they just stay, he had a staple, you know, one of those air guns boop, 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 and put pin. And those are actual sound panels uh, and yeah. printed to spec. So right. again, you can see these, all these images. And, um, so I've got some extras of those if we ever run into one or something, run into the wall. But again, this was all designed for the designer that the team at Audimute uh, that we worked with. Yeah. Well, plus also you didn't talk about all those lights too. So you have the oh yeah of lights yeah they're pointed down and you know, I've got lights pointed at me in here too. It can be a little blinding at times, which I'm sure it is for you as well. Yeah, and but let me. And in what you can see, if I bring this up is, you know, hanging lights is, can be very expensive. Right. So what I use there 
And for those of you that are watching this and those of you who are listening is I went to Home Depot and I did this in my studio in Hawaii. So I knew this trick. Um, it's about two, two more feet above the suspended ceiling to the, the two by fours for the, for the roofing joints or two by sixes, whatever they are. And I bought, um, basically water pipe, three foot water pipe pieces that was threaded. And on either end of that, I put, they have stanion. So people, and this is nothing new. People have built like uh, step handles. And they basically what I've done there is hung that on C channel. And that, that the, where the lights hang on to is nothing more than a $27 C channel from Home Depot. And so what I really did there is I probably got five, $600, maybe $500 in total cost to hang that. I saved myself four or five grand because if you go out and buy a commercial track system, it's very, very expensive. So this right. is a poor man's way of, of hanging lights. But you have yours on tripods, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have my lights tripods. I have one right next to my camera, and then I have two at the the ends of my Lord Death here. So they kind of come at me from angles on the side. Yeah. So anyway. But right. I still have a shadow I can get rid of. That's because of this massive microphone I have. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, here's another view. This is looking over the shoulder and that's what it looks like. So there's no money there at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and think, you know, most of the stuff came from Hawaii. So it was, the only thing really we added was computer monitors. And uh, the, the decorations I bought a lot at Dragon Con and collected stuff all over the place. So, yeah, my little, my little hideaway. I mean, no one's been in here since about February. So, <laughs> let's, okay. So, we talked about Adam Curry. We talked about the podcast awards. Um, let's see here. What? We got a few minutes left. Um, so, there was a, let me see if I can find this. Uh, this link. Let's see. It was an article by, it's over on Amplify Media. And it says the host read ad dominates podcasting, but ad tech is rapidly changing that. And this is a discussion between Steve Goldstein and, or maybe it's just him. And um, he talks a lot in here about ad tech and what's happening with ad tech. And uh, he says, uh, oh, he's who's the person that's responding to this? It says B. Who is B? Back in the early days, we sat down to dumb this down. Who did they sit down with? Oh. They, they sat down with Brian Barletta, who spent time in the ad tech, and he's the one that's launching the Sound Profitable Newsletter. And um, so we hear the term attribution, an awful lot these days. Let's crack that open. And Brian says, it's ability to match an exposure of an advertisement to the desired action, like purchasing a product to gain interaction with a potential customer on the digital side. They also capture clicks. But some stuff they got 
something they got wrong in here was they were talking about pixels. Oh, the whole. And back to pixels for a moment. Companies like PodTrack and Charitable are using them. Where are the pixels inserted? Now, PodTrack is not using pixels. No. Charitable is using pixels. If you're using a prefix URL like PodTrack does, it's added right before the URL where the podcast episode is. It means that when your device goes to play that episode or download it, first being PodTrack and sends the information they need, then they redirect back to your device to get the episode. No, 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 no. They redirect to the media file at its host to get the episode. That's how they know how many downloads have occurred. It has nothing to do with pixels. He asked the question, Back to pixels from the companies like PodTrack and Chartable using them. Where are the pixels inserted? PodTrack is not using pixels. The only place that they could be using pixels would be embedding it into a a web player. In the web player. On a web page. Right. So he gets... That's been the whole technology. Yeah, he gets gets that. He gets that wrong. And a lot of this pixel track stuff is almost like the server side um, thing too. Yeah. That, that, that's another way, way it's implemented. They're using, they're using pixel tracking on websites for right. attribution. So in other words, you go to the website, you see the ad, you click through, it goes over, you go over to the website or you go there just manually and you've been on the right. podcaster's website, then they see those two have maps. Right. We but do not allow... track activity on Apple. But what that requires is your host to, well, two things can happen. It could be website, advertiser's website, or if the host is allowing the sharing of IP data, raw IP, then they can look at the raw IP that that requested the media file and they can look at the raw IP data going back to the advertiser's website to do attribution that way. I don't know if PodTrack is sharing. IP data with attribution sources, we don't do that. And neither does Libsyn. Right. We've, both of our companies have adopted global GDPR. We do not share raw IP data of download. Um, because oftentimes that data is utilized for retargeting. Retargeting. And, and that is what gets, gets crosses into the frequent zone. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly, the data only gets used by the person collecting. This is what I mean told. So let's say Chartable is the attribution collector. They are paid by the advertiser or paid by the podcaster. Someone pays to be able to get attribution tracking. And my understanding is, is that Chartable says... They don't allow that data to be used for retargeting. They only send a report to the advertiser to see when there was a match was made. Now, Chartable does use a redirect, which probably means that they are collecting download information and using that raw IP data to do the attribution matching. And supposedly, they're not selling that data or allowing that advertiser to take that data for retargeting. 
supposedly. Right. right. Um, they talked a little, <coughs> excuse me, talked a little bit about um, Rad. Um, so it just, you know, so this is what, you know, it's what's going on here is this guy, Brian, is trying to, um, he is being very aggressive and talking about certain things that he partially has understanding on. But, uh, and I'm sure they're doing, he's, you know, again, but again, it's part of the Sound Profitable newsletter that is part of Pod News, which, you know, we're getting into a situation where you've got someone reporting news and then someone trying to make policy part of the same group. Well, what's going on there? Oh, I just popped up my, my setup on my, Oh, so if, if people want to see, see how here. I have mine, mine currently, as far as my, my studio set up with my monitors, my camera, and you can see where the lights are and my, my boom arm. I see a Mackie. I see a Mackie mixer. Yep. Yep. I see no Max. <laughs> you don't see any Max. Yeah. True. I I don't have a Mac in here, but I do have an iPhone. I get. I do see an Amazon uh battery. Alexa. Oh. <laughs> yeah, battery. Right. <laughs> yes. They I are the this. worst. The Amazon basic batteries are the worst. So, Robbie, do you try to get me off this conversation? No, no, no. I just <laughs> happened to find the picture. I figured I would share my side because you showed all 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 your stuff. So. so, anyway, this is I think the same guy that's calling out Rob and saying we need to do more about privacy. So, right. Anyway, so this was put out on September twenty ninth. And yep. so, yeah, no one has ever been able to tell me. No one has been able to tell me how they deliver a pixel via an audio file. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's shoehorning um, banner track technology into podcast. Which means so. they're collecting raw IP data. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so that, you know, that data is very, 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 very valuable. Um, yeah. And I suppose you are maybe off into that on a web page. Right. So uh, there was a question. It, Go ahead. It's only going to give you a just full of yeah. activity around show though not the complete data set so, so he says so selling is talking about dynamic uh, ad insertion and geotargeting so selling metros would be tough right now no actually not it's selling metros is simple right uh, we, we track all the metro locations I think it's 299 different areas metro is not but no one's buying Metro because it doesn't mm -hmm. scale. Right. So they are doing geolock, 
Like we've got uh, people that are using our service that only want the, the ads to be delivered in Canada. They don't mm-hmm. want them to come out of Canada or in sometimes uh, by a certain province. So certain provinces have uh, French requirements. So, you know, so I'm seeing more geolocking than I am seeing geotargeting. Right. I mean, a lot of the advertisers don't want to buy outside of the US. They don't want to pay for that. Right. Those, those audience members yet. And that's, that's where the, the industry is evolving over. Hopefully it will evolve more, but the, the other downside uh, of advertising outside of the U S getting companies to buy ads into your downloads that are happening local country, uh, is that the CPMs are still relatively low. Um, so that's the industry has some work to do on that side to drive the, the value. And a lot of those economies, those countries may not be able to support by CPMs either. So, so yeah, that's, here, the, that's the other reality. So I, I was testing a tool last week. Can't say through who, yep. but how many podcast advertisers do you think there are? Total number? Yeah. Um, my guess is probably be a thousand maybe. Closer to 10. 10,000? Closer to 10,000. Okay. Well, yeah. That, that, that's an interesting number as you think about the scale. But of this. some of them only spent a thousand bucks. Okay. Small, small advertisers. Yeah. So how are they buying their campaigns? Hmm. Um, through platforms like Advertise Cast? No, no. There are a lot automation. of the information that I had access to. I would see that they would buy three shows. And, um, or like one advertiser that I saw, one specific advertiser spent a half million advertising across two shows. Half a million. Spent $480,000 on one show alone, which was, to me, is, it blew me away. I sent them an email. Um, it just. <laughs> and the show that they were advertising in, the ads were laced with the F word. Really? Laced with the F word. Wow. That's why I had. That's a term, term that I haven't heard used around pod. Laced with the F word. Right. <laughs> Is it, in other words, there was a proliferation of F words or, okay. uh, or the F word. Wow. <laughs> they must have a very specific demographic. To, to reach yes, them. they did. <laughs> 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 and even more interesting is the podcast uh, first word started with the word church. And that had me even more intrigued because it was church and a certain type of product. And I was like, no way <laughs> is that product being advertised on a church podcast. Well, it wasn't a church. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) But it's, yeah, so, you know, and now I have to decide whether I need to write the the check to have continued access to that data because it's not cheap. (laughs) So... But this medium never ceases to amaze. Me. No, but I'm telling you, the intelligence that's being collected on who's running ads is pretty incredible. 
what what's being done in tracking who's advertising, who's advertising where, how much they're well, spending. This, I don't know if you've talked to the media radar folks. That's exactly what they're doing, right? Now, that was a tool I was using. Was it? Yeah. It's the media radar folks? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah, it was pretty impressive. That's their whole deal is tracking what the advertising doing yeah right. do, you, do you guys have a i didn't see you guys on the list so i don't think you have a subscription to that i don't have a subscription but they've been after me for a long time <laughs> so, so you know how much that costs so yes i do and i wasn't willing to write the check sorry <laughs> but i'm telling you it's getting i shouldn't tell you it's getting pretty good <laughs> oh i know it's good believe me i've seen i've seen all the demos slide deck yeah well i just spent a week digging through it and but it's one of those it's one of those tools where you say, "Okay, I'm going to write this check. Now can I pay for it? <laughs> right? <laughs> can I make can enough money to can I justify it, right? paying for it? Yeah. So that's a discussion I'm going to have with my board of directors next week. <laughs> I don't gonna, know about you, you, Utah, but I get a steady stream of pitches on new services and platforms all the time. Sources, and yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, only absorb so much. <laughs> and it's, and I'm getting a lot of stuff coming out of Europe. A lot, a lot of stuff being developed in Europe for podcasting and for stuff that ties into podcasting. And outside of, I mean, <sighs> other countries around the world too. It's just. But I, and I'm behind on owing a company out of Israel, some feedback. I yep. mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. Transcription company. Oh, my, there too. my God, there's there are a dime a dozen now. There's 50 of them and we all do it and they all do it better. <laughs> Until you actually analyze their, their results. Right. That's, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road. And what's funny is I use this show as a, I say, okay, go ahead and get, send me a transcription for this episode. Right. And then I do a B comparisons and, and, and then I've actually had a company that did a pay. They actually did a line or word by word true transcription. They gave me the actual where someone human did it. And then they showed me theirs. And then I compared it to something else I have access to. And I'm like, okay, 85%. Right. <laughs> it wasn't 95 or 96, you know. So sometimes they will tell you they're 95, but when you act, analyze it right it's not it's not and when you have two people during a show it's one person is easier than you and i because in the back and forth and it's gonna it 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 varies a lot on accent based on how tired one is what the audio quality is right crosstalk all this a lot of factors go into this Oh, here's something new. Someone on YouTube, uh, Hasa Films, said Facebook does allow a super chat feature. Similar, you have to be lucky enough to reach a threshold for it. It's called Facebook Stars, and it's a form of highlighting one's comments to stand out in a lot in a busy live chat. Oh, hmm. and we also got a, a a love mark from Podfriend. Our Podfriend folks are listening to the show today. Oh, so cool. thank you for being here. Um. So anyway, I guess, Rob, we're just about at the end. Who have we pissed off today? Uh, I don't think we pissed (laughs) off too many people today. 
It was a good date. Yeah. We didn't piss anybody off. So are you available to go? I got to look at my calendar here. Uh, hmm. I'm st- uh, not that one. Well, we're on the slate for podcast movement virtual. Okay. Um, for the 21st, uh, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern okay. time. So we can do a two hour show if we want. Awesome. Seven to nine. Seven to nine. Beautiful. And we're, we're one of only, I believe, three events going on for podcast movement virtual that day. Awesome. So we're considered a special event. All right. So it's on Wednesday, the, Wednesday, the 21st, the 21st. Yep. Seven to 9 PM. Okay. And I am trying to round up a couple of guests for us. Outstanding. Always um, like to mix it up a little bit on these yeah. live events. What right. is our topic going to be? Are we going to make that up? Actually, we'll probably do a little prep for that show. I think it depends on who I'm able to capture. Okay. For the, but I'm going to poke, I'm going to poke the bear a little bit. Oh, nice. So on this upcoming show on Wednesday of next week, Rob, can you go a little earlier by chance? Next on Wednesday? On the 7th, yeah. 7th? Uh, what time? Uh, well, I guess we'll talk offline, but a little like earlier. Three? Than, uh, we already started three. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> um, you want to go two? If we can go two, that would help me out. Instead of three o'clock, go two. at, go at two o'clock on, uh, this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, did that, I go? Hmm. And that doesn't work. What's well, the week stick with three? I've got the. The Podcast Academy quarterly board oh. meeting at one thirty. Oh, so you so. you probably will. How long do you guys go? An hour? Uh, sometimes it goes longer than that. Okay, we'll stay at three then. No problem. Okay. Yeah, okay. No sweat. All right, everyone. Uh, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. In uh, of course, my email, uh, my Twitter account is at Geek News. And I'm on Twitter too, at Rob Greenley. And I have a robgreenley.com website. As well as you can send me an email if you want, robg at lipson.com. So if we tri- if we uh, give any value today, we do have a PayPal link on the website. When it, we do appreciate uh, the occasional donation, that is uh, that is much thankful for. Uh, when those dues come in, and basically just goes to paying the streaming bill. So that's <laughs> that's what it's used now. Um, but other than that, thanks everyone for. That video download off of the video podcast. It's, uh, it's, no, it cost me 10 bucks an hour to stream with these multicasts. So, so, okay, through that, yeah, that that mixed streaming platform. Yep. So, uh, you know, basically our live streaming costs per show, I get 10 hours and then anything above that is, uh, is, uh, $10 an hour. So this, you know, 15 bucks near the end of the month, it cost me 15 bucks a show to to stream it. So, All right. So everyone, thanks for being here and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Eastern for another show. West Coast. There you go. All right. See you then. All right. Okay.